Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It's Monday, March 28th, 2022. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, the Scottish dolphin who lives among and seems to talk with porpoises. Plus, how a Wikipedia hoax became official branding for Pringles. And sheep are pivoting to solar. Here's some cool stuff for your ride home. A dolphin that locals have named Kylie has been a regular fixture in Scotland's Firth of Clyde for the past 14 years. She was dubbed Kylie several years ago when she used to hang around a lock called the Kyles of Butte, spending most of her time with a buoy at the mouth of the lock. These days, she's ditched the buoy for the companionship of porpoises, thousands of harbor porpoises that call the Firth of Clyde their home. But Kylie is the only dolphin among them. And after so many years spent living among porpoises, scientists say that she's adapted their means of communication. It's an interesting case study of cross-species communication, a phenomenon we're still only really beginning to scratch the surface of. So, dolphins and porpoises, along with whales, belong to the same infraorder of marine mammals called cetaceans, who evolved from land-dwelling mammals before returning to water over millions of years. While dolphins have a whole suite of sounds they use to communicate, including clicks, whistles, and pulse calls, harbor porpoises mostly use high-pitched clicks. Researchers used a hydrophone to record audio of Kylie and the harbor porpoises for two years and then analyzed the recordings to try to pick out who was saying what. Quoting National Geographic, While dolphins whistle almost constantly, porpoises never do. Instead, they communicate exclusively with what are called narrowband high-frequency, or NBHF, clicks, with 8 to 15 amplitude peaks at around 130 kilohertz. To hear an NBHF click, you have to play it about 100 times slower, says Mel Cosentino, a PhD candidate, when the study was taking place. When sounds are slowed down, pitch descends. Humans can hear between 20 hertz, roughly equivalent to the lowest pedal on a pipe organ, and 20 kilohertz. In the recordings, Cosentino identified lower-frequency clicks standard for common dolphins. But even when Kylie appeared to be alone, Cosentino found clicks with eight or more amplitude peaks at the key 130 kHz mark, the frequency at which porpoises chat. In other words, Kylie talks like a porpoise even when solo. The researchers also found that Kylie never whistles as other dolphins do. End quote. Though, are her clicks intelligible to the porpoises? Does the fact that she clicks while alone just mean she's continuing to mimic the sound, not that she's, like, talking to herself in porpoise? Cosentino says that while the rhythm of the conversation between Kylie and the porpoises made it seem like a communicative exchange, it's hard to tell if it was a meaningful exchange. Cosentino told National Geographic, quote, it might be me barking to my dog and him barking back, 
end quote. And Denise Herzing, a dolphin behavior expert who is not involved in the study, adds that the porpoises do probably recognize Kylie's clicks as an attempt at communication, even if they may not quite understand her. And part of that is because Kylie has a bit of an accent. Quoting again, it still looks like she's struggling to get as high-pitched as the porpoises, Cosentino says. The peaks on her clicks aren't as crisp as they should be, and there are some lower-frequency sounds mixed in with the high notes. If they were singers, Kylie would be Pavarotti, and the porpoises would be Mariah Carey. End quote. That accent was helpful for researchers, however, because porpoises and dolphins don't move much when they click, so it can be very tough to tell which animal is actually speaking. But with Kylie's unique frequency, she was easier to pick out in the recordings. And the researchers have also observed other ways that Kylie has bonded and become a part of the porpoise community. Female porpoises have brought their young calves to Kylie, who has swum with them in the cetacean equivalent of carrying a baby, something pretty rare among porpoises who usually keep their babies very close until weaned. And further, researchers have observed some attempts at mating, both from porpoises initiating and Kylie herself initiating. Herzing told National Geographic that mating is anatomically possible, but there have been no scientifically documented dolphin-porpoise hybrids. And Kylie is not the only cetacean to ever live among another species, quoting again, Well-documented interspecies adoptions also demonstrate that species divisions may not be as clear-cut as once thought. Examples include a Canadian beluga pod that took in a narwhal calf and a spinner dolphin that lived among Tahiti bottlenose for 20 years. Recent DNA analyses also demonstrate we've only scratched the surface of the extent of hybridization, Herzing emphasizes. Bottlenose dolphins have hybridized with at least 10 species in captivity and in the wild, including cetaceans as disparate as the pilot whale and the Guiana dolphin. Researchers hypothesize that cetaceans are able to hybridize so successfully because of their shared DNA. Their species diverged only within the past 10 million years. End quote. As for Kylie, she's apparently been missing for a while now, following a week of strong storms last year. Locals and researchers are a bit concerned about her well-being, but also note that she's relocated following storms in the past, sometimes for as long as a year. So hopefully, Kylie, the dolphin-born, porpoise-raised wonder, is safe somewhere getting a little R&R and will return home soon. But you know, this whole dolphin living amongst another species and learning to communicate with them thing reminds me of a book that we read in fourth grade called The Music of Dolphins. In it, the main character is a preteen girl who was discovered to have been raised by dolphins, and the book follows her rehabilitation into the human world. And in a kind of Flowers for Algernon style, the diction and even typeface changes throughout the book as the girl learns more English and adjusts to being human. It is such a weird book that I sometimes think I made it all up, but no, it is a very real book that you can still buy or get from your local library, and as wacky as the concept is, I remember genuinely loving this book as a kid. I'm pretty sure I read it like five times. So, if you've got a kid going through their dolphin phase or who just really likes weird books, I recommend it. You know the little dude with the mustache on every can of Pringles? 
the one who probably hangs out at a mascot gentleman club with Mr. Peanut and Uncle Moneybags from Monopoly? Well, according to Kellogg's, who owns Pringles, the mascot's full name is Julius Pringles. Their most recent annual report notes that they have a trademark for the name Julius Pringles, as well as a nickname for him, Mr. P. There's just one problem. The name Julius Pringles was not invented by Pringles or Kellogg's, and according to Jack Morse at Mashable, it's not actually trademarked at all. Instead, it was made up by two college students in 2007 going through a bit of a Wikipedia hoax phase. Justin Schillock and Michael Wiseman have not hidden the fact that they pulled a fast one on Pringles, each having tweeted about inventing the name Julius several times over the last decade, including in direct tweets to the company's Twitter account. But a recent Twitter conversation recounting the story once again has shown a spotlight on the hoax and led a few journalists to do some more digging. Here's the basic story, mostly as recounted recently via a Twitter DM conversation between Schillock and Wiseman. The two were roommates their freshman year of college, having been friends since third grade. Schlock was an active Wikipedia editor with good standing, and one day, while eating sour cream and onion Pringles in their dorm, Schlock was poking around on Wikipedia looking for things to edit. He asked Wiseman what he thought the Pringles mascot's name was. Wiseman was watching a Carolina Panthers game at the moment featuring defensive end Julius Peppers and simply replied, Julius Pringles. Schillock immediately updated the Pringles page to include Julius as the Pringles mascot's first name, noting that his positive track record on Wikipedia as an editor prevented this edit from being immediately questioned. And Wiseman adds that Wikipedia was much less locked down back in 2007. Now, Morse at Mashable dug through the Wikipedia edit history and found that the claim was actually challenged a few months later for not having any sources to back it up. But Schlock got the name right back on the page with an annotation simply saying, citation needed. And to add to their suite of evidence, Schlock and Wiseman also made a page on the satirical Uncyclopedia site, actually deleting a different fake Boris Pringles page to make their new Julius one. And they made a Facebook group called Who Knew He Was was named Julius Pringles. Andrew Heinzman over at Review Geek notes that there's even a comment on that group from someone claiming to have already known the mascot was called Julius beforehand, which Heinzman points out, quote, goes to show just how quickly people will accept misinformation, end quote. And speaking of people accepting misinformation, Schlock and Wiseman have kept track of every instance of their made-up Julius name being mentioned as fact in high-profile places. First was in 2010, three years after the initial edit was made on Wikipedia, when Stephen Colbert offhandedly referred to the mascot as Julius Pringles in a segment on The Colbert Report. And in 2021, Julius was even an answer on Jeopardy, with contestants having to identify what brand the mustached Julius was from. But in 2013, the official Pringles brand first publicly referred to their mascot as Julius. Essentially, Jimmy Fallon did a segment with Ladysmith Black Mombazo, a South African vocal group, about eating Pringles. The video has since been scrubbed from the internet, probably because Fallon was fairly appropriative in his dress and behavior in the video. But before either brand had gone through more recent rounds of cultural sensitivity training, Pringles made their own video responding to Fallon's sketch, and in their video, the mascot himself was making fun of Fallon and referred to as Julius. 
Pringles has continued referring to the mascot as Julius in various social media accounts over the years, and even in that annual report, listing all of their trademarks. They've never replied to Sherlock and Wiseman on social media when they've pointed out that they just made the whole thing up, nor did the company reply to requests for comment from the handful of journalists who have explored the story in recent days. The best guess of what happened comes from Sherlock, who wrote in that DM conversation, quote, I was very surprised when it seemed like Pringles officially adopted it, but based on the timing, I always assumed that after the sale of the brand from Procter & Gamble to Kellogg's, some intern didn't know Mr. P's first name and looked it up, assuming that P&G came up with this and used it, thus setting all of this in motion. End quote. So there you go. One small example of what can get lost in these giant company buyouts, and a pretty solid lesson in how even benign misinformation like this can snowball. Or, you could say, once a hoax pops, it just can't stop. Have you ever heard of solar grazing? It's a hot new thing for sheep farmers, helping add some extra revenue to their coffers. It also benefits the owners of solar farms and can serve as a bit of a compromise for locals who may not have been entirely thrilled about a large array being built in their area. That's mostly because solar arrays can sometimes occupy hundreds of acres of land that could otherwise or had previously been farmed. But solar grazing introduces livestock back into the equation. Instead of just installing the arrays and leaving the land as is, or spending money and emissions every month on mowing, now companies are striking deals with local farmers and housing sheep on the land who munch on the grass surrounding the arrays nonstop, giving the land a double purpose and saving on those mowing bills. Quoting Vice, If the grazing is managed by moving the sheep between grids of land to prevent overgrazing, it can sequester up to 80% more carbon in the soil, which is an even bigger win for the environment. Sheep are the preferred animal for solar grazing, according to the American Solar Grazing Association, because the only interest they take in the solar panels is as shade. When asked why sheep, Alberta shepherd Jana Greer put it succinctly, Cows are curious. They get itchy. They like to rub on things. Goats like to climb and jump on things. They like to chew the wires. But sheep like to graze in and around the panels and don't damage them at all. Plus, sheep are great grazers, eating pretty much any weed and trampling whatever they don't eat, reducing fire risk. End quote. And last year, New York Up reported on the growing trends with farms in upstate New York, explaining, quote, Massachusetts solar provider Nexamp installs the panels using poles and racks. Once the site construction is complete, they'll have trucks spread a seed mixture on the site. The mixture depends on what used to grow on the site before they turned it into a solar farm. They also build a fence around the site to contain the sheep if they'll use it for solar grazing. We don't just have a mud field out there, communications manager Keith Hevenor said. We seed this not only for the appearance, but also for the environmental benefits of carbon sequestration in the greens and in the soil to keep it healthy so that in the end it's arable land again, or in this case it'll support sheep grazing. End quote. New York-based farmer Lewis Foxland, who has about 200 sheep grazing across Nexamp solar farms, told New York Up, quote, They kind of behave like a Roomba robot. 
end quote. Some farmers participating in the solar grazing programs have seen their income double year over year. Back in Alberta, Greer says they're hoping to work their way up to 600 sheep grazing on the plot of land surrounding 240 acres worth of solar panels near her farm. Those panels will generate 40.5 megawatts of power, according to Vice, which will be enough electricity for about 12,000 homes and serve as the summer home for all of those hundreds of hungry sheep. So Walmart has announced that they will no longer be selling cigarettes in select U.S. locations, including California, Florida, New Mexico, and their home state of Arkansas. Part of the decision comes as they add more self-checkout registers, as well as years-long internal debates about the health concerns surrounding cigarettes and Walmart's role in selling them, which is an interesting take considering they still sell guns in many of their stores, but credit where credit's do. They have scaled back sales of firearms and raised the purchasing age to 21. And if anything, I'd say that this points to a larger downward trend of cigarette smoking in general. I mean, I know it ticked back up during the pandemic, but I wouldn't be surprised if sales just aren't high enough to justify selling cigarettes in certain markets. Although Walmart also does not sell e-cigarettes, and those are incredibly popular. But whatever the motivation, it is a step in the right direction, and I hope the redesign that they're working on overall in their stores also include paying their workers closer to a fair wage. But that is it from me for today. This show was produced by Ride Home Media. I am Jackson Bird, and I will talk to you again tomorrow.